0: Hi again, everyone. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode 110 of the Sports Podcast. I'm Tim, along with Anthony, and we have a information-packed podcast as the world, at least North America, is going to make this attempt to get back into the world of sports.
1: Yeah, it's... uh, Every week, it seems like something new is coming out now after a couple... Months of nothing really and uh, slowly, methodically getting to the stage. It's, it's nice to be talking about um, plans in place. Uh, I give the, uh, the OHSAA credit um, and uh, we'll try to dissect our 38-page um, guideline and safety checklist, so to speak. And hopefully the NFL gets moving on on that after uh, they've uh, come under fire for dragging their feet, so to speak. But uh, we finally have an action-packed sports podcast to bring you.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot going on in the world of sports. And uh, as Anthony mentioned, not just the NFL, but the NHL, the Mm -hmm. NBA. And uh, let's start right out with the Ohio High School football situation here as we approach August 1st here shortly. Uh, We're only nine days away. Ten days. Yeah, ten days away from uh, August 1st, which is the first day of true practices allowed in uh, Ohio for high school football. Ohio High School Football Coaches Association has released a return to play memorandum uh, today, a 37-page report, Mm -hmm. really, uh, and in the process gave some of their keys to how they – believe the return to play uh is uh, best handled we'll see we'll go through that a little bit uh ohio's in, in a precarious scenario uh i personally do not believe football will be played this fall i do believe there is a percentage of administrators football coaches and OSHA members that are definitely going to go full throttle to try Mm -hmm. to get it done in the fall Uh, for whatever reasons they may have. They're not always out front with it. There's a lot of theories to it and we can get into that. But most importantly, I got to be honest with the audience and I honestly don't know how you move forward playing football this year for the high school level. Mm -hmm. uh, We're already seeing in the collegiate level two conferences now Say that they're not going to play, and we're going to see more and more. I there's something we'll get more into that here in a second, uh, but the Ohio High School Athletic Association coach or coaches association I should say left uh, opened up a uh, thing today and talked about their return to sports or for football, and some of their uh, recommendations for the current environment with COVID in 2020 is. Again, a lot of it makes sense. I don't think it's mm-hmm. out of the realms of doing. Matter of fact, I think it no. makes sense to do. Uh, they're, it's on the sideline, uh, most teams stay within a 50 yard radius, uh, open that up to 80 yards for they could have more space between players. Full contact per day, cut down from 30 minutes a day to 18 minutes a day. Social distancing for spectators, yes. I personally don't think you can have any. Maybe no. at most. Parents only, in my opinion, social distancing on uh, the sideline by all players. Mask worn by all attendees. Seal design and social. Uh, what that means? Seal design and for social distancing. Uh, individual water containers. Uh, symptom checked for participants. Hand sanitizers made available on site. Mandatory stoppage of play uh, for temperature taken. For all unta- attendees, isolated rooms, and it goes on and on. Uh, not, I think that it's it has some really good, responsible thought process, and yes, I give them credit. Uh, one of the ones they wanted to do and is to cut halftime down from twenty minutes to twelve minutes. I would even say fifteen is. Well, that's fine with me. I mean, I can understand it. If they first and foremost the one, the reason we have a 20-minute halftime in high school football is not just it's because of traditions. It's but for the bands from yeah. both schools have an opportunity yes. to perform on the field. They both get about 8 minutes apiece mm-hmm. and you have, you know, about 4 minutes in between. Warm-up,
1: yeah.
0: Well, and they add 4 minutes to the clock for warm-ups. Yeah. So I don't Necessarily have a problem with that. Uh, it's just trying to shorten the total game time. They also said uh, basically, you know, one player for each team would go out for the coin flip. I'm gonna get back on my thing. What I've said many years ago: let's do away with the coin flip and home team kicks off. Simple as that.
1: And that's uh, fine. Hey,
0: you know, and you it's know, fair because yeah, most teams, right. most teams, not all teams, most teams play pretty much a. A five at home, five away schedule, or a six yeah. and four, depending yeah. on what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, in my opinion, just allow the visiting team have the opportunity to make that choice. Yes, you're right. And- They migrate 100%. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't even need that. I think, personally, the coin flip is traditional. And it's been yes. forever. But, honestly, who cares? It doesn't matter. Why give it a fifth- why put it up to chance when you can have a directive that basically says uh, that the home team either kicks off or the away team has the right to make that choice? Because like I said, most schools, not all, but most schools will play about a 50, 50 schedule or a 60, 40 schedule. you're, You're right. There are those schools who travel more than have home games. And there are those schools that have more home games than travel. Maslin for for example likes to have eight eight home games a year well that would mm-hmm. be a problem with them kicking off and having you know defer status yeah each game so I would make it a maximum they could only defer five times in one season I mean that's how I would handle it yeah. that. but that's yep. just my own tirade on on a on a to subject me, that doesn't matter
1: you know looking at this um guideline here and let me say this um trying to removing bias out of us since uh, we covered the sport. Um, I, I find this, these guidelines very easy to go over. You know, sometimes uh, sports or leagues will put guidelines out there and these, you know, long, drawn-out explanations, and it's tough to make sense of what they're saying. I think the OHSA did a great job. Or the coaches Association uh, did a great job on releasing this. And let me say this. There are some things on here, Tim and I'll go through them, that work for this year like we talked about. But also, they work no matter what year it is if we're back to normal. Um, I have no problem with the yard of sideline space. I think that's a good idea. Um, For years now, we've been looking at cutting down contact, you know, in practices. Um, So I would have no problem 18 to 20 minutes in 10 years without COVID going on. Social distancing for spectators. i not sure you're going to have spectators this year, but hey, that's fine by me. Um, individual water containers. I mean, most have them nowadays, you know, but I agree with that. Um, hand sanitizer, Tim. I, I've seen hand sanitizer almost at every stadium uh, that we've been at uh, the past four or five years. So that's nothing new. That should be, you know, that should be there regardless of what's going on. Um, in isolation room, I, that's going to be tough for some schools. Yeah, uh, but, but I think you can make it work. Halftime length, again, I think it's a good idea no matter what year it is. A little time crunch for us trying to get everything in, but we can make it work. Well, you know, um, more.
0: Let's talk about the the, the halftime thing. I yes. think there's two reasons that went into it. Personally, not talking to anybody who made you know who made these recommendations. Mm-hmm. Obviously. I think it does cut total time of of game participation down, which yes. is a good thing. Yep. It makes the game go a little faster. Second of all, it was, I think, to limit the a- area space where you yes. may have trouble mm-hmm. uh, social distancing. And many schools have small locker rooms. And some of the older schools or smaller schools have very small locker rooms. Yes. So it might be yes, difficult. Absolutely. They may have to find secondary Scenarios for players either to dress or to, at halftime, uh, send them into a gymnasium yep. or a auditorium type space where mm-hmm. they could have that type of room. I don't know how each school is developed or designed and how how far from a field that would be. Uh, it could be done. I'm not saying it will be done, but I think that was one of the reasons behind it. Tim. Is, let me- it's just that. Go ahead.
1: Let me uh, two points that I want to get to um, that surprise me um, that are not already mandatory. Um, the sanitation of sanitization of equipment each day. I thought that was mandatory no matter what.
0: I think most schools did that, that all the, the time. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. Th- that's why I thought too. I didn't. You know. And I am all for this last one, Tim limit the number of non-essential person on the sidelines i've talked to multiple officials who who have wanted this rule in place for years prior to this uh disease come this virus coming out so i think uh, um i like all the checklists i agree with it the big thing i see or i don't see on here tim that i think is going to hold football back i don't think you can play football with. Out testing and saying who's positive and who's not, and you can't do it to high school level because you don't have the funds. You,
0: right, they do know, have you, a testing. You don't have
1: the funds for them.
0: They did have a testing thing in the in the uh, memorandum where they said okay, uh, you had to test po- uh, negative seventy two hours before a game. Uh, again, that would be like you said, I think very difficult today because sometimes. Yes. I hate saying this. Not it may not be in the state of Ohio, but throughout the country there are reports that people have waited six seven up to ten days uh for results on a test yes. so that yes they have. that may be a very hard thing to overcome uh because testing is limited and uh we can get into the politics of that but we don't need to all we can say there's just not enough tests available and there's just not enough yep. ways to uh Get the results fast enough right now, and that's that's a huge problem for the world of sports. When you're the NBA, Major League Baseball, uh, the NHL, you can get it done because you have the money behind it.
1: You have the money, yes.
0: exactly. Where who's going to pay for these tests under the under the system that we have? Are you expecting each parent to pay for these tests that can cost quite a few dollars? You can thousands yeah. and yeah. Yeah, you're talking about every week being tested. Uh, How do the school's football programs handle that? It's going to be difficult. I mean, I just don't see a way forward, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I think it's good to put this out. I think it's good to show you that they're being proactive. And I hope they are successful in all their recommendations because I don't think any of them are too (laughs) – Difficult to achieve. Uh, I like the non-essential limitation of people on the sideline, and I do that. Could that affect us in the sense of we wouldn't have someone on the sideline for us? Well, so be it. Uh, we don't need a, a sideline reporter, or uh, no. maybe it will. No, you don't. You know, uh, you may see in a sense where, for the first time ever, you see media outlets share video because let's let's say like in our market we have three to four quote-unquote television stations that can do video who do highlights Mm -hmm. each week well truth of the matter is all of them go to the same games many times they may only allow one crew in to videotape part of the game Mm -hmm. for the highlights uh, I think they're going to have to make that available to all media outlets. I agree with that. And, you know, that's just me as a medium person saying, you need a group video uh, type thing for, uh, you have video for the Canfield game and the Boardman yep. game and the feel or the Camel game and others, yep. whatever school, ha- you know, that's playing on the Friday night that you're trying to cover. I don't know if that will happen, but I hope, local medias and uh, throughout the state would work together on that because yeah, being digital today, everything being digital, is pretty much available instantaneously. Uh, it can be downloaded onto a server. Someone can then uh, securely download it back, you know, to their, to their needs and uh, use it. I mean, there's going to be a lot of let challenges. Me, Go ahead.
1: Let me say, let me say this. Um, you and I and Matt, um, you know, we've done, over 60, 70 games now. We've worked with a lot of school media departments. There's got to be a way, I think, Tim, you know, with most of these schools, Boardman, Canfield, uh, McDonald, you know, all these schools probably do a morning news show, so to speak. I know Boardman had it, Canfield had it. You know, with all these educational channels you see on TV, There's got to be a way where they can stream that on TV and make it easy for fans to stay home. You know, because they broadcast the Armstrong game of the week every Saturday morning. You know, I'm thinking, like you said, if they lift the restrictions that are in place, you know, um, you and Matt and I could broadcast the game from home.
0: Right. Um, Anything's possible. We talked about that before. And those who may have not heard that podcast, as simply as this. The Ohio's High School Athletic Association does not allow live video on Friday nights. that's why games that are pre recorded and aired at at eleven o'clock or whatever time uh yep. locally on a friday night live video is allowed on a Thursday or a Saturday, obviously with the potential of limit on who can go to a game li- and see it live uh I would hope the state would recognize the fact that they need to lift that band and reevaluate yearly uh, as we go forward. And I'm not saying that they have to do it. I just think it would be the correct thing to do. And uh, we'll see. I did want to mention this. California yeah. canceled all sports until December 1st. And they're going to reevaluate it then. So all football in California has been postponed uh, all uh fall sports have been postponed. Mm-hmm. I think it's just starting across the nation and you're gonna see more and more of this.
1: Yeah, I know Texas today, uh their highest levels are uh, they delayed. New Jersey, I think, postponed to, what watch the spring? New Mexico's going in the spring. So like you said, I think uh you're gonna start to see
0: I think the spring football idea is gonna catch on big throughout the country. And I well, do believe that's where, you know, First of mm-hmm. all, you're giving yourself five to six months to plan ahead and get yes. ready. Uh, plus, we don't even know on any level in any state how schools are going to be open this year and how how they're going to be, if they're going to be a mixture of online and in-school attendance mm-hmm. or if it's going to be 100% in-school attendance or 100% online. So. I think all those factors goes in. Uh, this gets back gives me a chance to segue to one of the things I heard in the last week. In fact, I heard it on uh, Move the Stick podcast, mm-hmm. with, uh, DJ Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. By the way, uh, I DM Bucky Brooks to see if we can get him on the po- program. I don't know if he'll yeah. answer, but we're, uh, my hope is because uh, Bucky Brooks is a high school a football coach in California. Okay. Uh, by the way, I'm going to say the school's name and hopefully I say it properly and it may ring a bell to you. Is it California? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Granda Hills.
1: You mean Granada he, Hills?
0: Granada Hills. Yes. I have heard of it. Yes. You know why you should know that? Why? Because that is where John Elway played high school. Football. That's right.
1: That's right. Yep. You're right. You're right. That is where the uh three-time Super Bowl champion came from. <laughs> and I believe I believe when he was there his father was the coach.
0: He may have been because his father was right. later the coach at Stanford. Yes. Uh, yes. After he left Stanford, I believe. Yes. So uh yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. So I I do DM, him. Uh, I've been thinking about it for the last few weeks. I says, you know what? What's the worst thing you do is not answer or not get it because, mm-hmm. uh, but I may uh, just hit Twitter again and see if he uh, will uh, answer the DM. I'd like to get him on because he's a really interesting person. First of all, does a great podcast. He's, he's a former NFL player, played college at North Carolina. He's a high school football coach today. Uh, he's also on the NFL network. I mean, very interesting uh, thing going on. So I was listening to that podcast about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about the idea of how do you get football going forward in 2020. And this is not, I don't think, original idea, but something they've discussed that I think is worth discussing here. As I mentioned before, and as you mentioned We really do believe the NFL is going to try to find every possible way to play this year because of the billion-dollar industry. Uh If that means it's delayed two weeks or uh, it's interrupted for a few weeks and comes back, whatever the case may be, or they just plunge forward on the first full week of September and play on to the Super Bowl in uh, February, whatever the case may be. Barring a nationwide shutdown... I think the NFL will do everything possible to play this year. With that said, another theory that was brought out is for college football. And it's the same type of thing. The power five schools will play in the fall. All other schools, the non power five schools, would play in the spring and have their own championship. And that would go against for the FC for the young yeah. state level, the one double a level. I still call it uh-huh. on that. And the division two and division three and mm-hmm. the rest of them would all move to spring. It very well may happen. Tim,
1: did think, you see, Go ahead. Did you see what the SWAC proposed today? No, I did not. The SWAC, you know, um, they have canceled the fall sports season. Right. Um, so has the CAA, which is James Madison and, you know, a major uh, conference in the FCS the right. Ivy League, the Patriot League, um, and another conference. Um, but the SWAC, um, they have proposed – now, again, these are all, all Southern schools, but they have already gone through and proposed a timeline of a spring season. Um, the, they would start training an eight-week training period, um, seven-week mandatory one week because they lost in the spring and fall. So eight-week training period beginning in late January. Now, again, this is the swagger right. on South. Games would start a seven-game conference season would start in late February or early March, running through the end of April, beginning of May. They said also, depending on how this virus is, you know – they said this virus is not under control by March. We can't have it no matter what. Correct. But they said depending on how this virus is, teams may have an option to play one non-conference game as well. Correct. Um, they said that, uh, and they went into uh, the postseason. They said these kids deserve a postseason, and their their goal is you know because they're tied in with the celebration bowl. Them and the MIAC are time to celebration bowl. The Meek has not made to my knowledge, a decision yet, whether to play or not play. Um, the SWAT commissioner said that they've already talked to the uh, celebration bowl representatives and constituents, and they're all for a spring uh, celebration. Bowl. He also said for the FCS conferences that move to the spring, you can easily have a 16 or 20 team playoff. Oh, he said, you much. can do it. Yes. Um, The only problem would be our timeline here. Now, again, we got to watch. We are really blessed. Um, But for some schools that do not have that, your timeline is probably backed up to starting practice beginning of March. I think.
0: I'm thinking February. I think you can go out and practice in February. Uh, February, for the most part, is is a tricky month. Yeah, you're right. Some months it's, you know, three feet of snow. And other months, it, other times, it, it has been, you know, 45, 50 degrees. Uh, March is a weird month. You just never know yes, what's going to happen. However, you could play football in bad weather. Uh, we play football in the snow anyways in, Absolutely, in November and do. December and January, if necessary, at the clean levels. So, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, is it perfect scenario? No. 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 Uh, but nothing is going to be a perfect scenario. No sports have is a perfect scenario. Baseball, football, basketball uh, at, the, at, the, at the highest levels don't have it. And we're not going to have it at the, at the youngest or the smallest levels at the high school. Uh,
1: now, um, imagine this scenario, Tim, okay? It's mid-March. YSU men's basketball is fighting for a conference title game berth. Now, I'm being really optimistic. Football is getting ready to kick off their season. And YSU baseball is starting after knocking off Houston and Alvin Christian last year. And hold on. And in two weeks later from that,
0: we'll have baseball. Well, that's the problem. You've hit the problem. Yeah. You have all these converging at one time. And is it possible to manage all that? Is it possible to have enough space? for these athletes to compete at the highest level at these schools that share facilities and training rooms and others. So that's going to be interesting to see. Plus you have all the women's sports going on at the same mm-hmm. time too. Let's not forget about them. Uh, you know, because well, you got, but my point is, it's a lot of things going that. on at one time.
1: Yes. Um, as far as baseball goes, I know the NCAA and the coach association have, long thrown out the idea of pushing the season back and having a college road series July 4th week. And I think that, I think that's what they want to have. Uh, they threw that around. Came up. But you're right. It, but you know, they make spring practice work out, um, you know, sharing, but it's just, it's, I give the SWAT credit for thinking ahead, you know, of what could happen well, and being, and being proactive.
0: Right, and here's the scenario, Anthony, is the economic engine for all these athletic schools, and even at the high school level and the collegiate level, is the football program. Yep. Uh, or less they don't play football, like some mm-hmm. of the smaller schools, you know, like like you know, they're non they're non scholarship football, yes. like Valparaiso and exactly. others. Yes. Uh, so the football doesn't generate the income for the school, like the basketball program does. Uh, Obviously there's no football program at Cleveland state. So the basketball program is their economic engine. Youngstown state, the football program always has been the economic Mm -hmm. engine and that's ticket sales. When you get past the division five schools or excuse me, the the power five schools, ticket sales generate a lot of revenue for these schools and whatever type of revenues they may get from television. Like the Mac gets a lot of TV revenue from ESPN to have those Tuesday night football games. Same with, you know, other schools and other conferences. However, like you mentioned earlier, bringing up Kent Mm -hmm. state, Kent state makes, makes a huge part of their budget playing power five schools. So when you take the power five schools away from them, They're taking a major hit in their athletic department. And just like when Youngstown State was playing Power 5 schools, uh, like Ohio State and Michigan State and Penn State and and Pitt, they were being financially rewarded for taking those games. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge loss to these schools when they don't have those games available because now you're only playing, as you mentioned, conference games, maybe one non-conference game. And if the Power 5 schools play in the fall, they're not going to be available to play the Kent States, the Akron, the Youngstown States, you name the school uh, across the country that they're going to be playing. So that is a financial difficulty many of these schools are going to face going forward because right now, and, and this is in general in America, our economic engines that supply so much part of our economy have been slowed or or tampered with uh, in the last few months. And it will continue because we have a health problem. And until oh. we fix this health problem, we're going to have an economic impact problem. And that's where we're at. And unfortunately, I don't see in the next four to six months that changing the direction that we're doing in this country. So in my opinion, we're going to, make this much harder economically and on sports for the next two to three years to come out of this, yes. because if we don't make a change, we should do it now and pay the piper now. Cause we should have done it in the spring, but we didn't, we panicked and jumped, jumped the gun. And now we have 140,000 deaths across the yep. nation and growing every day. Uh, we got Texas with 10,000 infections a day. You got Florida with 15,000 infections, uh, you know, and so forth ohio doubling its total to the highest level it's had it's across the nation and until we get our health crisis under control everything we're talking about will be difficult going forward for all sports at all levels and you know the rooster is coming to the roost and he wants paid and there's just not a way to get it done right now Cause yeah, it's just, it's it's going to be difficult. I just I really don't see how going forward a lot of this is going to happen. Uh, I want it to happen. I'm excited actually about this coming week with baseball coming back, uh, the NBA and the NHL a week later, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. But between what's going on at the high school level, trying to get football in this this fall, which I honestly don't see a way forward on that. I think that it's nothing wrong with planning. I think these plans should have been in place uh in June. Actually at the end of May, first of June going forward, but a lot of people were just afraid to make decisions or to uh were hoping for the best and not planning for the worst and we're headed towards the worst in my opinions. So hopefully it'll get better. But yeah, I I'm hopeful I think the Ohio high school football coaches uh, Coaches Association has given us a a, a roadmap for all sports at the high school mm-hmm. level to go forward with maybe how to handle the the health issue at hand. We'll see if it actually becomes in practice for September when football games are supposed to be played. I'm not optimistic. I honestly think California was the first to fall. I like you mentioned. I think New Jersey has made that decision. I think as we get across Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, other schools or other states will follow suit and push this off. And if it isn't the associations making those decisions, it will be the government making those decisions for them. Yeah. I'd rather be in control of my own destiny than let someone else make those, des- those mm-hmm. calls. But we'll see how they react going forward. And that's just the way I see it.
1: You know, Tim, you mentioned Just one final point on this college athletics thing. You had made the point that this is going to push the smaller schools back two to three years. I I would even fearfully say five. Um,
0: Without question, you're right. You
1: look at a school like Kent State, and I'm using Kent State, but I heard this uh, stat a couple days ago, um, flipping through the news, I believe it was on WKYC. uh, uh, Jim Don was actually talking, and he said – that Kent State was scheduled to play Penn State, Kentucky, and Alabama this year. The total that they would get paid to play those three games this year was just north of $5 million. Imagine what $5 million can do for a whole athletic budget because that's spread out to the whole athletic department. That's not just football program. You know, the sports like you touched on, Tim, that can't generate a gate, that can't generate a revenue the cross countries, the track and field. And I'm not showing shade, but I'm just, you know, the baseballs, the golfs, you know, the schools that need it, the sports that need it. um, You know, for instance, Kent State women's golf and YSU women's golf. They both qualified for the NCAA tournament last year. How did they pay for those trips? Because it's not their own funds. It's through the football department or the basketball department. You know, it's them bringing in – uh, big money games, Tim. I know um, schools for a while have wanted to expand their conferences and expand the con and play more conference games. College basketball has gone from 16 to 18 to 20. Um, unfortunately, YSU and Akron and Kent and Cleveland State. I don't think they're going to want that because they're going to need all the big money games that they can get whether it be in basketball or football, uh, to try to make up for what's lost this year.
0: Well, you're right. And this is the scenario that I was making earlier with the Power Five schools playing in the fall and pushing Mm -hmm. everyone back into their own own arena. It's going to cost those schools millions and millions of dollars at all levels. And then you're going to see the potential – of that two tier system going forward Uh where you have, where it used to be division one and the sub division one of the Youngstown state level. Yes. Uh, Now you may have a tri level where you have the power fives, the mid majors, and then the one double A schools. So yeah, it's really could cause uh, a big economic change in sports going forward. There's no question about it. All right, Anthony, let's move on. Yes, yeah. uh, let's talk about a little Major League Baseball, please, please. So we have good news, Tim. Please, Major League Baseball returns Friday. The Cleveland Indians uh, are in the midst of a three-game day-off day play uh, yeah. with the the Pirates, and they've taken the first two. Uh, it's been a, it's been fun to watch. That's right. That you know, Tim. Um,
1: you and I sat here, what, about a month ago now, maybe three weeks ago, right when Rob Manfred said that we're going to play a 60-game schedule. And you and I both were like, you know what, great, but it's like, eh. And then as the day started to get closer, I came along. I'm like, you know, Tim, I'm starting to get excited for this. And then you're like, you know what, I am too. I'm ready for baseball. Um. Let me ask you this first, because I know you've watched the first couple games, right? Yes, I have. Or at, least try, at least, what was your thoughts on the whole atmosphere broadcast? And then I'll give my I'm used to it now. Point of
0: view. Uh, obviously, I've been watching uh, the European League in football lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the Premier League, I should say, in football or in soccer and Mm -hmm. uh, the Australian rules football down in Australia in the AFL. And they both pipe in the audio of a crowd noise onto the broadcast. Uh, It sounds like that's what they're actually doing in the stadiums uh, for the Indians games. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to do that in the Major League Baseball. It adds atmosphere. It's weird. I can accept it. I understand it. It's not a problem. I think the players actually like having that background noise. They're used to it. Mm-hmm. It would be very weird for them not to have it. So I think each and every uh, team is going to try to do that. And we'll see how it goes going forward. You know, baseball still has a lot of hurdles to overcome. Yes, Traveling is going to be difficult. Uh, the Indians went to Pittsburgh on Monday. And what was it? I think they took mm-hmm. three buses. And one of them broke down uh yeah yeah you know it's kind of going to be like the old days of taking bus rides uh i imagine when they play the reds they'll they'll bus and they play yeah, the I pirates so. they'll bus and uh i don't think they'll bust maybe the tigers out. yeah possibly yeah i could see that uh you know i'm not saying that's 100 percent what they'll do they could because it just it's gonna be difficult to social distance and fly you're going to have to have multiple yeah. airplanes or jets, maybe. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, that's for it, them to figure out and me to judge later.
1: It's uh, – I agree with you. It's, it, I really haven't noticed much for jets because, like you said, we've been watching international sports for a couple of weeks now. You with the Australian rules, football, and European soccer. Um, I have started to watch the KBO, and they've had no fans. So, it, you kind of notice that, and the piped-in crowd noise. Uh, I'll tell you this: in the first two games of our series with Pittsburgh, the first inning or two, it's kind of like, eh. you notice there's no fans. But once the game gets going, I you get locked into the game, and you, I, I agree the piped-in crowd noise, uh, does make a difference. It was nice yesterday in the ninth inning. Uh, they had audio of. Uh, John Adams and his drum banger. So that was pretty cool. And after we won, uh, they had a Cleveland Rocks playing. So that was, you know, it still gives a sense. I, I think Frank Conan made the point to him. Uh, you mentioned the players and coaches um, that he likes to crowd noise because it gives you a little sense of normalcy. Because with no crowd noise there, it's really odd. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, you've noticed a push. Um, I've noticed with the Indians. I was watching the Yankees game and the Dodgers game. Um, all the seats are covered up by advertisements and advertisements being painted on the field. Um, you know, you notice that. But, hey, it, from where we were, Tim, five, six weeks ago to where we are now, look, like you said, we still have a lot of hurdles to a lot of hurdles to clear. But all as I know, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we're going to get our brooms out. <laughs> And I don't care that it's exhibition because after everything that we've been through and thinking, well, we're not going to get baseball back. And being without baseball for four months, I know tomorrow night, I'm not sure who's on the mound tomorrow night, but I know we're going to get our brooms out.
0: I imagine Savali's on the mound. uh, Is Savali on the mound? uh, Well, we've seen Plezak, we've seen Clevenger, and we've seen Bieber so far.
1: Let me touch on this. I thought so it has back. to
0: be Carrasco and in, in, uh, Savali. Carrasco's
1: going tonight in the inter squad game. So you're right. Okay. It's probably Savali tomorrow. Um, let me say this. I thought Zach Plesak looked really good Saturday. You're now, seeing, the, Pittsburgh,
0: you're seeing the depth. Let me, let me say this. You're seeing yeah. the depth of the Cleveland Indians pitching organization mm-hmm. and why they were willing to trade a Kluber in the offseason. And even though they lost the number one player in that trade uh, to. A suspension for the year. You're not really seeing the the effects of that because of the depth of the some of the young pitchers that they've had coming up the last three years, uh, with Bieber and with Savali, with uh even Plucko, who was going to move to the bullpen they announced mm-hmm. today. So, yep, uh, yeah, the Indians are you know in a, in a really good position for a long time to come when it comes to pitching, and uh, you got to give them credit. They you know they did great scouting. They did great development, and you know these players that they uh, they went after have succeeded uh, have succeeded their expectations and more, and and continue to get better. And I do believe when you talk about the starting pitching of the Cleveland Indians, it's it's in good shape. And yes. I honestly think the bullpen's in better shape than it has been for about the last two years. Uh, yeah, I think you would have to go back to the twenty sixteen season where okay. you thought this team had a qual- a bullpen that had depth. I think this bullpen has the potential to show that depth with young players who are coming up against. So, uh I think the Indians are, are in an interesting interesting uh scenario going forward. And this being a 60 game sprint, yeah. Uh um, every game's going to be magnified by 3 almost yeah. and it will be Really, really important to never uh, lose more than three or four games at one time and hopefully get off to a really good start. If you can win eight out of the first ten and you're you're one-sixth of the season down, that's going to be a huge, huge thing going forward. And when I look at the division, I don't think Chicago has the pitching depth that the Indians have and I don't think Minnesota does. Minnesota does have great bats, and they do have good pitching, but I don't think they have the depth of the pitching the Indians have. And I do believe the Indians' offense this year is in a better position than it has been for the last two years. Now, I'm not saying they're juggernauts, but I like the way this lineup looks. Yes, and I think getting one through nine out is much more difficult this year than it has been maybe for the last – two or three years.
1: Let me say this. Uh, you mentioned the depth. Uh, I think Chicago has a little more pitching depth than Minnesota. Giolito, um, Keuchel, Rodon, I would; those are probably better than Minnesota's. I like the White Sox bullpen a little bit more than the Twins. Um, them losing Kopech, the White Sox losing Kopech this year is going to hurt them. I'll say this. There are three players uh, that are going to key this Indians offense. Fran Reyes, if he, can, if he can hit for power like he has potential to, Jose Ramirez, which is the biggest cog in the lineup, period. As he goes, uh, the Indians offense seems to go. And I'll say Bradley Zimmer. If he, sh- if he continues to show the short stroke um, and the ability to go to the opposite field and stay healthy, the outfield of him, one and Mercado is pretty nice. Because that can save you runs. It can get on base, and it can drive in some runs.
0: Well, I'll say this: the Indians have many potential center fielders in their future. Uh,
1: Yes, they do. You got
0: Delana Deshields. They do. You have Uh uh, obviously you have uh, Mercado, Mercado, and uh, Zimmer. Plus, you also have. uh, Oh, what's the young? He played last year. What's his name? Naquin. No, well, Daquan, but Allen. Uh, Allen, thank you, Allen. You got they Daniel got like, Johnson, too. Yeah, and, you know, yep. it's interesting to see where they're at. They have, like I and said. don't they forget got a,
1: Jordan Luplo. Well,
0: and he's not really a center fielder, but he can play it.
1: He can play it if he needs to, yeah.
0: Right, and that's the depth, and he's a right-handed hitter. And don't get me wrong, I think he's, a, you know, he's, he's an important part of, of the makeup of a team. But I'm just talking about center field. Yeah, look okay. at all, look at all the center fielders you got. Yeah, now, all right. four of them could start. I mean, I could see Allen starting. I could see Zimmer starting. I could see McCarty starting. I could see uh, who am I leading off? Naquin. Yeah. Well, yeah, Naquin. Yeah. Well, you know, he could. I mean, there's my point if is. But yeah. No, yeah, the shields. Yeah, the shields is shield, the one yeah. I was. Yeah. But my point is, all of them have that potential to be a starter and at the major league level uh, for this club. Uh, you know, then you have Reyes, who probably going to f- fill in more as DH this year. Yes, and potentially DH outfielder next year. We'll see uh, going forward. You know how that works out. Plus, you got Bowers in the, in the outfield. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of interesting moves that the Indians can make in the future, and obviously. You know the, the elephant in the dugout is, yeah. is that shortstop and Lindor is a guy who. I hate, I hate the reality of it. The reality is, he's probably going to be a New York Met within two years and making thirty five million A yes. really? Oh yeah, and making thirty five million dollars. Why are you here. saying Met? Because I want to say his name is Steve Cohen is buying the team. He's a multi-billionaire. Okay. He wants to compete with the Yankees. Well, and that makes you're gonna, sense then. Yeah, if he's gonna, if you're, if he's gonna pay close to two billion dollars for that team, he's gonna spend money on players. You're right. And, you're right. and, and if you're and got gonna nice pitching staff. Yeah, I mean, he it's almost perfect timing. Yeah, I don't. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, and they're gonna need a face of their team, and. I don't want to think about that too much. I want to enjoy Francisco Lindor this year and hopefully next year and then deal with that in the offseason or deal with it this offseason or deal with it during the season if they make a trade next year. But this year he's not going anywhere, and this sprint may give the Indians a great opportunity to, uh, yep. to raise the flag for the first time ever uh, in our lifetime. And that would be a wonderful thing. Eric Carabell Eric
1: Carabal. Of ESPN has picked the Indians to win the road series just because of the pitching depth, the depth of the lineup, and he says uh, the bullpen has some unknown names. But Terry Francona knows how to manage those yes, names. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. In a in a sprint to the finish, like no other manager can do.
0: I agree with him, a hundred percent. Like I was just we we're just synopsing about the Indians, and I said. The bullpen is in better shape today than it was three years ago. And maybe the best shape it's been since 2016 when they made that run to the, you know, when yeah. they picked up uh, Miller Miller, and made that big run. Uh, this team has potential to be a very good bullpen, even with the new rules and everything else going in. Effect. In a short season, I like Terry Francona uh, getting the most out of his team. And quite honest with you, uh, I think, if Mike Trout plays the entire season, he's your MVP because he's Mike Trout and he's just not yep. good. If Mike Mike Trout decides to bail after his uh, son or daughter—I don't know which one—he's having yep. is born, which could happen. I think Francisco Lindor could win the uh, MVP in America.
1: Tim, I didn't care.
0: I was saying if if Mike Trout. Let's not play the entire mm-hmm. season for whatever reason it mm-hmm. may be. Yes. I think that opens the door for Francisco Lindor to win the MVP in the American League there.
1: I completely agree with you. I, I cannot argue that at all. Uh, so far, he's off to a hell of a start in the field. And he just, Tim, I, I read today and I really agree with it. You're going to see a, not to say that he's never not motivated, but you're going to see an extra laser
0: focus. Uh, Francisco Lindor this year. Well, um, I think he knows two things. A, this is his opportunity to shine on a national mm-hmm. level, and if he does, uh, the thirty million dollar contract is on his way. Uh, and I mean thirty yes. million per year. And again, I hate, I hate the reality of it, but you know, I honestly see him in New York, either with the Yankees or the Mets. And I think the Mets will probably be, the, if the team is sold. By the way. When I say that, it's not the A Rod led uh, group, the, yeah uh, group that's trying to buy it. I don't think they're going to land it, anyways. I think uh, this multi billionaire, I, I want to say Cohen, is name. I could be wrong. Uh, he is, uh, you know, when the wh- whatever the final price is, he'll he'll meet the need and buy the team. Oh, meet but, it. Yeah. Let's say they let's say the A Rod group offers. I'm just going to throw out a number: 1.5 billion for the team he will come up with yes. 1.65 and win and and get it. You know, whatever number they come, he's going to he's going to blow it out of the water. Uh and that's just the way it works and I think that's what will happen. That I could be wrong. Uh but yeah, I expected it probably to reach about 2 billion dollars for that team if not. That's a crazy number, but it is reality of sports It's today. what
1: we are nowadays, you're right. It's the reality of sports nowadays. Uh, I would rather have him go to the Mets than the Yankees. You know, so we don't have to see him six, seven times a year um, because he'd probably come back to be an Indian killer. But, uh, hey, I I agree 100%. I think you're going to see an extra motivated uh, Francisco Lindor. And I'll say this, almost a passing of the torch. I think like you said, he knows this is his time to shine on a national scale to where if he goes out and has a heck of a year, the $30 million a year payday, is in his future. That's not what the Cleveland Indians, he knows that, we know that, they know that. I think the passing of the torch to Jose Ramirez as the unquestioned leader of this team.
0: Yeah, we'll see, that's possible. Baseball does have a unique situation going on, Anthony, the Toronto Blue Jays.
1: Yes, they do. uh,
0: The Canadian government will prevent them from playing in Canada because uh, they won't allow anybody from the United States to enter, and I don't blame them one bit. I think it's the correct move on their part. Uh, they have every right to do that. And right now, the Blue Jays are talking about four or five different teams. But I guess it looks like the Pittsburgh Pirates might be their landing spot really? as a place to play this year. Yes.
1: I uh, I had I had just heard um, that they were looking at major league sites. I know they wouldn't mind going to Buffalo, their home, of their AAA affiliate. But with the logistics there and the stadium not being uh, Major League quality, it it make it very tough with everything going on. I did not hear Pittsburgh. That's interesting.
0: Well, here's what I've been reading about. And Buffalo's kind of a last resort type scenario. The Players okay. Association and the players do not want to play in a minor league facility because it does not have Major League uh, needs. So mm-hmm. uh, that would probably be a last – Last, like the only thing they could do, type scenario. Uh, they're going to look to Sherry a, a, a stadium. And the reason Pirates have come become that team is I think when you look at the Blue Jays schedule and the Pirates schedule, they kind of match up when teams are home and away. Okay. And also, the Pirates are led by former Blue Jay executive Ben Sherrington and Steve there, Sanders. Yeah. Uh, very similar, though. Uh, If you look at the Indians uh, with Toronto, with Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you know, Ross Atkins as the GM came from the Indians. And of course, uh, Mark Shapiro, Shapiro. who is the uh, president of the uh, Blue Jays uh, coming from the Indians. So I don't know what, what's going to happen. If they're going to share two ballparks or um, if they'll primarily be in Pittsburgh, but it looks like Pittsburgh may be the landing spot for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. And, uh, these are the type of hurdles we're going to face yeah. in sports, uh, especially international, you know, locations.
1: Yeah, you're right. And um, I, I had just read uh, Baltimore also as a possibility, but if the schedules link up and a mutual connection in Pittsburgh, then uh, it looks like Pittsburgh. It is. It's you know, it's close to New York, Boston. You know, it's a little bit of a plane trip, but it,
0: it it's makes sense the,
1: geographically, yeah. um, the facilities there. Um, yeah, and you can't blame the players for not wanting to play in a minor league stadium.
0: Exactly. Now, how hard will it be to sanitize and everything? And I I have no idea, but it looks like the Pirates are willing to work to make that happen, and yeah. I'm sure they'll be compensated for it too. So it will be a interesting thing, and quite honestly, if the baseball has no choice. Uh, no. In order to have their 30 teams play, they have to find a way for the Toronto Blue Jays to play uh, elsewhere this year. And I get it. And
1: yeah, I do too. It's a, it, it makes sense. Um, and hopefully that can, uh, that deal can get done. I think the Blue Jays start the season with six road games and they have a little bit of a yeah, window they, to. Um,
0: I believe to they open in done, Tampa but, Bay. If I remember reading okay. it properly, uh, let's see if I can find it here let's say Toronto begins the season with the Tampa Bay Rays on Friday and are scheduled to play their first home game on July 29th against the defending champions, the Washington nationals. Uh, so that is how that is going to uh, add up. It looks like.
1: Well, you know, then it sounds like uh, with Pittsburgh being the, uh, the option, that would be good for Pittsburgh too. And um, you know, I'd imagine they'd probably buy out a hotel for, right? Is that what they would do probably? They would buy out a hotel? Yeah, I believe
0: there's the facilities close enough to the ballpark where they can do that. Yeah. So so
1: you'd get money into the city. um,
0: Oh, yeah. It's a win for Pittsburgh.
1: So, yeah, it'd be. I
0: mean, obviously um, no fans can go to the game, but it's it's a huge win for the city. It'll be interesting. It'll be
1: really interesting to see how they do it.
0: Yeah. So that will be the biggest challenge that we'll, we'll find out here probably within the next uh, – probably or so, by the yeah. end of the week. Yeah, probably by the end of the week. Uh, the NHL is going to start on July 31st, and their two zone secure zone cities uh, for their bubbles are Toronto and Edmonton. What a shock.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, no,
0: you – no, it makes total sense. You're because right. Just look what – it, okay. it does make total sense. Okay. It, I, let me finish. Let me interrupt you for a second. It makes total sense because you look what Toronto Blue Jays yeah. just went through. Because they don't want teams traveling in and out of Toronto and possibly bring in COVID with them. By having the two bubble cities, all the teams are going to those uh-huh. two cities and competing in those two cities For the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference, obviously Toronto, the East, and Edmonton, the West. Uh, Mm -hmm. All teams will have to pass three negative tests uh, for per player before, within seventy-two hours, before they are able to travel to the designated cities. So it makes total sense, Um, and I imagine there's a very, there's a, we're going to see those two cities host the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, in the same way, uh, you won't necessarily see it at the. Uh, let's just say the. You know, my uh, Knights make it in the Western Conference. Yeah. Facing the Pittsburgh Penguins, obviously, it's not going to be put in Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. Las Vegas. Las Vegas It's going to be mm-hmm. put in Edmonton and Toronto uh, for those uh, finals. Uh, at least, that's my belief. I could be wrong, but no, it makes total sense. How do you help the? How do you get through this international scenario? Put them all in Canada. Have them all yep. pass the necessary needs that Canada puts up, and you can do that. Baseball's traveling. Every three to five yes. days, they're, they're on the road. Or, you know, they may have two, two, uh, two games set or two series set in, in their home city, and then they're on the road. And they're going to be on, you know, for six, for six weeks. So, or for 60 games. So it's going to, you know, I, I can see why that didn't work. Uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays but it makes total sense what they're doing in the NHL and I'm sure the NHL uh, was smart enough uh, from the very beginning to work with the two governments to figure out how best move forward and their 24 game uh, playoffs will begin in uh, just about a week so it should be like I said sports is just around the corner and now the NBA bubble is of course in uh, Disney World down in Orlando and it plans on restarting, and opening night will be July 30th. Uh, they'll have two games: uh, New Orleans and the uh, Utah Jazz, and the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, we'll open it up on July 30th. They're going to play two weeks uh, before the playoffs begin. They're going to be like regular season games, all in the bubble. Mm-hmm. If you're an NBA fan, you're going to get like four games a day once this gets going.
1: Yeah, this come. It's going to be like March Madness on steroids. Yes. And that's just um, the regular this season. It's going to be like Mark Yeah, I know. This is, <laughs> this is going to be a basketball fan's heaven. It wow. is.
0: So, I, like I said, there's a lot going on in the world of sports from the high school level to the NFL to the NHL to the NBA. Uh, the NFL. Well, You know they bragged a lot, saying, "Oh, we have all this time in the world." Between we'll see what all these other sports do, and I am I'm concerned for the first time. Uh, I think the NFL may have a a delay coming or some major hiccups in their future in the next. um, I do too.
1: I do too. I think uh, surprisingly they've dragged their feet a little bit, so to speak. Um, Yeah, they have. And once, and you would think they would they'd be more on top of it. Uh, given everything that they've seen from the NBA, the NHL, you know, Major League Baseball stalemate that got ugly for a little bit, and they had how many months to get this thing figured out, and now it's like, oh crap, we have a season starting in less than two months. Might want to do something, um, and give credit to the players for speaking out, and saying, hey, well, wait a minute, we're not going to play here unless we know what's going on. Um, I think you're not going to see a preseason. If anything, you'll see I mean maybe a, a localized scrimmage or two, but I don't think uh I don't think you're going to see a preseason.
0: No, they already made a, a, a proposal uh just uh today I think to the players association where they would eliminate all preseason games. Uh, and I don't think that's a that's a big concern, to be honest. I think preseason games were had some value for bubble players to mm-hmm. show what they could do in the game versus what they do in practice uh, however, primarily preseason games were just a way to sell football during a non time yep. of the year where I would say it just mm-hmm. had value to show football in august you know and get people excited watching games that really weren't that good uh because it was football yeah, and I don't think as a fan I'll miss any. Exhibition game in I the won't. in the NFL, um, I won't. But now they're gonna have you know that extra five weeks now between now and the start of the season to to figure this out, and it's not going to be easy. And no, it's not. Like I said, we're not in control. The the, uh, the virus is in control in this country right now, and it has not desire has not shown any desire to loosen that control on this country. And I think it's going to be very difficult going forward for all sports at all levels. Uh, I'll say it again. I think the NFL will do everything possible to play because of the juggernaut they are. I expect the power of five conferences to do everything in their power to play. And I think everything else, their best option is to move the spring. And as financially difficult it will be on some organizations and schools to do that mm-hmm. it might be the only way forward and uh, we'll see the ramification as we go forward because I think something is better than nothing and an abbreviated spring season to me makes a lot of sense for all sports and I would hope if a high school football in our in the state does get moved that they shorten the season to eight games. Mm-hmm. Shorten the playoffs to the top four teams in every region yep and and just trying to get a season in versus trying to make up revenues that they probably never were gonna make up anyway i uh, that's just my opinion, and we'll see how everyone reacts to that
1: I agree with you i you know I completely agree with you. I would even be okay with a six or seven game season um because at at some point you have to think about 2021 season. Um, You don't want to be ending in April or May or June and then going right into that. Exactly. Um,
0: That's why I think you have to cut the regular season down. Exactly. And cut the playoffs down because quite honestly, like you just said, and here's the, here's the hardest thing at the high school level is many athletes are two sport athletes. And and I'm not talking just basketball and football. Some of them are wrestlers. Baseball and wrestling. Baseball and all that. And now you're making them choose between the sport. And obviously, football is king, but not 100% king. And it could change the the dynamics of every school and every player. These decisions will have ramifications no matter where they go and what they choose. And I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on all these young athletes going forward. So, I mean, there is no perfect scenario. There is no perfect solution. But this is where we are in 2020. And like I said, the virus does not have any inclination of uh, releasing its, uh, its hold on a, on our country right now.
1: No, until we uh, start following directions, wearing your mask, like the scientists and the doctors have said this week, if we would just all buy in and wear our masks and not make this political, We could be on top of this animal, not completely beat it, but we could be further ahead than we are now, just a month or two from now. I agree. We'll see what happens. I mean, seriously, they're telling you, you can go out to the store. You can go to the gym. You can go out to eat. You can go to the parks. You can go to the beaches, wear your mask, socially distance, and we can get back some sense of, normalcy i use air quotes and be on top of this dreaded thing in four weeks and i know people go oh a month is so long actually it's not because august 21st is going to be here like that and i'd rather be getting on top of it than being locked down again come august 21st and everybody else would too. and that's the only political thing i'll say today
0: and that's pretty good, strong enough, in it, and it does the perfect job. All right, Anthony, we're going to close this one out. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed it, uh, as I have not mentioned much lately, but if you get this podcast, uh, give us a rating review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it will help uh, promote the, the podcast and get others to listen to it, so we would really appreciate that as we head into this time of the year where sports – are back. By the way, uh, my Liverpool moment or minute. Uh, Liverpool receives the trophy tomorrow afternoon. Uh, the game's at three fifteen. After the game is over, they'll present them with the Premier uh, trophy. So uh, the Premier League trophy will be handed off for the first time as the Premier League to uh, to the Reds. So up the Reds. We're gonna bring home the championship tomorrow. Uh, the celebration will begin. <laughs>
1: Did you happen to catch Notre Dame's athletic uh, post a couple of days ago? No, I did not. It was a 30 to 45 second clip of all the Liverpool Reds fans uh, at Notre Dame Stadium last year. And it said, um, your journey to the top started here. And it was a clip of them singing the song. Ah, uh, God bless them. And it said, and the caption read something like, um, Will always walk with you or uh, something along those You'll lines. you will
0: never so, walk alone, baby. Uh, your You'll friends nev- from
1: South Bend, yeah. your friends from South Bend are walking with you tomorrow.
0: So there you go. It should be good. I'm going to enjoy that. Uh, quickly about the AFL down in Australia. They are, I believe, in week seven or round seven coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. Round seven just completed. Round eight begins actually this morning or tomorrow morning. Uh, they are in the midst, and this will be great for me. Uh, I'll be a zombie, but uh, supposedly they got 19, Yeah, supposedly they have uh, 19 straight days of footy coming your way uh, because Holy of crap. they're in the same scenario as the NHL and the NBA. They're playing in bubbles, so in order to get these games in, uh, they're going to be playing almost every day for the next three weeks. So. It's going to be a lot of uh, footy uh, in the morning for me and late at night. And uh, I'm going to enjoy it as we uh, get going here. Uh, So I'm full throttle for the summer. I'm going to enjoy it. I hope you do too. Uh, I do want to send out our best to Ron Potesta. Yes. I've -hmm. seen him uh, mention on Facebook and Twitter that he was not doing well physically, feeling well. Did not get any results back, so we're not going to speculate. We just want to wish him the best. And uh, we're thinking of you, Poe, and uh, can't wait to see you uh, down the road.
1: Yes, uh, get well soon, Ron. Hoping for the best result, uh, but uh, Ron's a fighter. We all know that. So uh, hoping uh, that Ron can beat this obstacle too.
0: There's no question about it. All right. For Anthony in Canfield, I am Tim here in Portman get ready for sports coming your way baseball starts this weekend the nba and the nhl the following week all the other sports are going on too let's hope and pray that it goes on without a hit and that we can get back to some type of sports reality once again so for anthony i am tim we'll talk to you next time right here on radio mvp sports podcast